Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my longtime good buddy, Paul Muad'Dib. Paul, is the spice flowing yet? The spice must flow. The sleeper has awakened. Dude, I, you know, <laughs> now I want to talk about Dune. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Uh, I am doing great. And for this week, I want to kind of continue on our, our kind of Halloween-ish, you know, fall kind of albums. And so I decided to go with Danzig 3. How the Gods Kill, which is, like I mentioned with the Hellbilly Deluxe, Danzig with the Misfits was a huge influence on Rob Zombie, so I think these two kind of go hand in hand. This is kind of like a good uh, follow-up to the last album we discussed. Okay, so we're going to discuss the one conspiracy theory that I believe because I made it up. All right, here's the thing. I think Danzig is actually Jim Morrison. I think Jim Morrison faked his death and became Danzig and is now Dan Morrison. You only got part of the puzzle, Paul. I'm afraid I'm going to have to go into the dark origin of Danzig here. All right. All right, Paul. So you're right. Jim Morrison did fake his death. He took a freighter train Freight, not a freighter fan, a freighter ship back to the United States from Paris, where he decided to work at a pharmacy in Lodi, New Jersey. He works at this time. The punk scene is starting to bubble up and he's starting to get inspired to write music again. Only this time he doesn't want to write about breaking on through to the other side and roadhouse blues. He wants to write about 1950s horror movies because in his studio apartment above a pharmacy of which he works that's all he watches on tv is 1950s horror movies so he decides to you know he meets up with a fella named jerry only and they kind of start writing songs together and one night a dark night Jim Morrison, who now goes by the name Dan Marison, he's reading from the Book of Nod. You know what the Book of Nod is, Paul. I know the Book of Nod. Yes. And he's going through the chapters and reading the demonic words aloud. And his eyes turn pure white. And he starts convulsing. And he falls to the floor, flopping. And what does he see, Paul? He sees himself as an old, old man in Las Vegas, about to do a big concert. But he doesn't really know much because he's never seen this before. And he's worried because he's expected to sing songs he's never sung yet. Because he got to understand, young Jim Marison doesn't know what's going on here. So... And he's seeing all these skulls, these goat skulls, and he's, he's really fat, and he's got a big goat skull for a belt buckle. He's very confused. You know, you see, he turns to his right, and he sees a man, a wizard, a wizard who is also an accountant named Clark. 
And Clark knows this future Jim Marison's identity because he cursed him in that Paris bathroom in 1969 or whenever the hell Mar- Morrison faked his death. But Jim doesn't know, or Dan doesn't know this. Dan just sees this guy. But he says something that really takes him aback. He goes, Dan, sing. And that gets Dan Marison all worked up. And he feels his heart just squeezing and squeezing. And he realizes he's having a heart attack. And the only thing he can keep saying is, Dan, sing. Dan, (laughs) sing. And meanwhile, 1975 Lodi, a very concerned Jerry only sees his buddy flopping on the floor like a dead fish. His eyes are starting to come back, but the man, he keeps just saying these words, Dan, sing. Dan, sing. But he's a mumble mouth, Paul. He's a mumble mouth. So he just blurs it all together, and he just starts saying, Dan, sing. Dan, sing. And from that day on, that's the only words he can speak. Unless he's singing, then he can sing... He can communicate like a normal human being. But if you ask him a question or ask anything of him, you'll only repeat the words, Danzig, Danzig. And that's how Jim Morrison became Dan Marison, who became Danzig. I knew I was right. I knew I was right. Did you, that's, all, that's all in this Wikipedia, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy the special Blu-ray edition of one of his concert DVDs. And he lets it, he, he can't let it slip because all he can say is Danzig. Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> he can read between the cadence in his voice that there's more to that story. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> an album he did. Years after that horrific experience. <laughs> yes. So this is Danzig 3, How the Gods Kill, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, so Danzig, obviously, he's kind of, he's been on a roll at this point, mm-hmm. going from the Misfits to Sam Hain, which is, you know, Sawin, but, you know, he pronounces it Sam Hain like a goofball. So we'll just go with that. <laughs> Uh, Sam Hain was uh, his follow-up band to the Misfits, which was more lo-fi, which is weird for him, considering his voice. But mm-hmm. kind of goes into more harder and darker territories. And oh yeah, yeah, it's hard to find uh, Sam Hain. You can find like they'll stream the albums on like a YouTube video, but getting physical copies are, is pretty hard because they've just been long out of print. I scored a box set in 99. Oh, nice. That goes for like a lot of money apparently. So yeah, but out of this Sam Hain, another lineup towards the end, including what is now the classic Danzig lineup includes John Christ on guitar, uh, Chuck biscuits on, uh, drums. And yeah, he has a stupid name, but he's, uh, Really good drummer. Um, and Erie Vaughn, the bass player. Erie Vaughn was a friend of the Misfits. He was like their photographer or whatever. And they signed to Rick Rubin's American American Records label. And 
you know, Danzig was always, uh, until he blew up with Mother in the 90s, he was more of like a musician's guy. Like, everybody saw the shirts. Everybody saw the Misfits shirts and the Danzig shirts. You know, like Metallica was covering Last yep. Caress, Green Hell. But to get your hands on Misfits CDs or Sam Hain, it was just not easy to come by because uh, contrary to like what I think younger people, it the Misfits weren't really popular in their time. Uh, it was, it, it came was, later. Yeah, it wasn't until, you know, you know, Sorry, kids, but when Paul and I were growing up, you couldn't just buy Misfit shirts at the mall. <laughs> it was, oh, no, no. You had to order them. You had to order Misfit shirts. Yeah. And so Danzig, his solo project, you know, flushes out the sound. He, you know, he's he's no longer in punk. He's more into, I guess, what they call blues metal. I've never That's, heard of that. I've never heard of that, you know, descriptor until I was researching this. But, yeah. Very bluesy metal, uh, very, you know, taking lyrics from occultish type sources, like like the aforementioned Book of Nod and other like biblical things. And very, he's not a happy guy, I don't think. <laughs> uh, mm. If you listen to his albums, they're pretty dark. And especially when he, like this album and then Danzig 4, uh, Danzig 4, there's a lot of songs about that reference suicide. So I'm guessing uh, he's not, at least at this point, I think at this point in his career, I don't think he was a happy guy. I think he's come around a bit. I mean, he was in uh, Portlandia as a vampire on a beach. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 So I think he can laugh at himself now, but in the nineties, he took himself very seriously to an obnoxious level. And so we are talking his third output, output with this group, the Danzig, uh, How the Gods Kill. I haven't listened to this album probably 20 years, maybe more. Uh, it's just, I, it's weird. I listen to the Misfits a lot, especially around Halloween. But I really like, I often forget that he had at least four amazing Danzig albums. Mm hmm. But I think I often forget that because his albums after Danzig 4 uh, vary between shit and, oh, my God, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget he also did the the instrumental album. Don't forget the yeah, instrumental album. He did two of them, Black Araya 1 and Black Araya 2. Yes. So he's a talented guy. Nobody's taken that away from But in 1990s, Glenn Danzig could not laugh at himself. And he would be angry if you brought up his old bands because guess what? When you become a, a big name in the record industry, they're going to milk that as much as they can. So the misfits get reissued and all that shit, which I'm sure uh, annoyed the hell out of him. Now that people are demanding misfit songs at his concerts mm -hmm. from that point on. <laughs> I've been yeah. to it two of his shows oh you have yeah i saw him in 99 when he did this the sam hayne reunion which was really awesome uh and then i saw him in like 2000 i want to say 2006 at first ave and uh it was uh he he, he threw a temper tantrum because he couldn't hear himself on his monitor <laughs> and, 
his bass player at the time was the bass player from Typo Negative. The guy's like six seven, looks like a fucking pro wrestler, and Danzig's like three foot four, and he's trying to pu- push the guy out of the way, and the guy's just not budging. And it's basically like, uh, you know. <laughs> it's like any character from game of thrones trying to push the mountain. It's just not. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So I've seen him twice. The first time was awesome. The second time, like he just threw this hissy fit and he played this song nonstop for like 10 minutes because he couldn't hear his vocals, (laughs) which I'm sure is annoying, but like most bands would probably like at least push through the one song and then take a pause, not pause in the middle of this song. It's already been going on 10 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> go yell at your your uh, your roadies to go back and finish that song that's already been going on forever. But yeah, so oh, he's a, he's a he's a weird guy, and I was kind of disillusioned at that last concert. But we're not here to talk about the stupid concerts I've been to, Paul. Let's talk about how the gods kill. What are your first thoughts on this album? So. I don't remember. I mean, some of these songs ring a bell. And, you know, there's people I was hanging out with back in the day. Um, uh, I'm sure they don't listen to this, so I'm going to say names. Boss Hart. Oh, yeah. Uh, John? And he, yeah, John Boss Hart. He got me. You know, I, I, I believe I heard this a lot of the times when we were hanging out. And, um, you know, again, having not heard it in years and years and years and years and years. Um blue uh metal a uh, heavy blues or blues metal is like that nail like that just is like yes that really sums up here um it's interesting you know for danzig having kind of this reputation i mean is you know we talk about him being on portlandia they they used him and i don't know if it was actually him in it um i would imagine it was in aqua teen hunger force yep where, that was him. Yeah, where he's the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and he's bad. Uh, there's a, I think he says to like Frylock, he's, I'm going to dr- eat my cereal out of your skull. Yes. One of my favorite lines in that show. Yeah, because yeah, he wanted the haunted house. Or cause, and the blood, you know, blood's gone. He's all pissed off. All this shit. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, for da- for him having this reputation of being like this kind of s- dark, heavy metal, um, horror metal type of guy, I, this album's really tame. <laughs> yeah, um, Sam Hain is where uh, he's does a lot of the the more demonic uh, occult stuff. I think with with this album, he's starting to uh, maybe in put his more like his own actual thoughts instead of creating horror imagery. I think that's like where he signed up kind of like break off and with this album, at least, at least in my mind, because even this album, he has some pretty depressing lyrics. Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, you, you talk about suicide coming up later. Well, suicides in, in this one, um, they're, you know, they're, they're, he's talking about a guy sucking on a gun, you know, crying. Um, and you, you know, Dan, you know, Danzig has has that voice. We we talked about that. He has this voice, and the thing with it is, though, is it's, it really is a cross between Elvis, John Moore, uh, uh, Dan Jim Morrison. Morrison, yeah, Dan, Dan Morrison, <laughs> and, and 
and um, Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Um, and I bring up Kermit because there's a couple of times where I'm listening to this album and I think it was heart of the devil. Um, right. There's this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help but giggle. Um, you know, it really is crazy to me how, um, you know, this was scary music back in the day. And I, you know, not not that music has gotten harder or anything like that, but I think it's just more of a test to the, just how far we've come as a society in terms of what really freaks us out now, which is at like absolutely nothing thanks to the internet. <laughs> um, because this is like, this is tame. I mean, um, Sistina's is, a, I, I, that went on one of my playlists. I absolutely love that song. It's probably the slowest song on here. Um, but you know, when I when I think horror and I think dancing and I listen to this and I went, why did this why did this scare people? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think, you know, at the time, I a lot of people were. Uh, I think this stuff was getting to once the once this kind of music was getting more out of the out of, you know, the punk clubs, I think, or the underground and all of a sudden they're selling, they're selling these CDs at like media play. Yeah. And parents were like, Oh, this is shocking. And it's not, but especially by today's standards, even by back then standards, I think this album, this album's pretty tame by Danzig's own standards. If you listen yeah. the lyrics and like, mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? And right. <laughs> mommy, mommy. <laughs> yeah. Can but I, I think this is, <laughs> I think this was also him trying to be more commercially appealing. I think so. Cause yeah. there's a lot of, this is far more bluesy than it is metal. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have a problem. I actually, so I'll get to the things I, I don't like. I think the lyrics at times for me, just like, yeah, I get it. But where the lyrics aren't as great, the fucking, music takes it to a level you know what i mean like the music saves a lot of them mm -hmm. it, it 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 makes you forget like some cringier like oh yeah we get it you're dark yeah 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 dark and cold is my soul <laughs> you know and, and like you got songs like dirty black summer it's great musically but there's nothing of substance in this fucking song. <laughs> no, no, but the the fucking the that riff, man. That, that riff that is riff amazing. Is, that riff makes it on my playlist alone. Like that's just, and that's just this was like so. This also like when I listen to like the this album, it remind it makes me like this is like if Black Sabbath was fronted by Dan Marison. <laughs> Dan Marison. <laughs> 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 you know what i mean it's like it's you know black sabbath was pretty bluesy especially those first two albums oh so, yeah they were oh yeah, yeah they so were i think that he's kind of like taken a his influence at least in my opinion on this album was black sabbath's first two albums if sure pinpoint like where he was getting his influences from at this point in his life i completely agree with you i completely agree with you yeah so what did work for you paul what didn't work for me? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things that didn't work for me on this. Um, again, it's 
I think about it in terms of, as I said earlier, it's a cross between Elvis, Dan Morrison, and Kermit the Frog. There's a couple of points in his singing where I kind of had to chuckle. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, all right, Danzig. Uh-huh. We get, we get it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can hit those notes. We get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, we, we, we talked about uh, there was the song that, that we both said where you had brought it to me. Because I was listening to it. I'm like, God, this song sounds so familiar. Yeah. Why do I know this song? And, you know, um, it turned out that it was. It was essentially a ripoff of Stevie Wonder. Which is, like, you would not assume that he'd be written inspired by Stevie Wonder. It just does the, the <laughs> dancing and Stevie Wonder <laughs> inner visions album or whatever. Just they don't feel like they go hand in hand. Yeah, there's not a lot of meshing there. Um, <laughs> but but if, I'll give kudos at least he, if you're going to rip off a rip off a song you might as well rip off the good ones well right right and yes and um it was so you know that didn't like i said the, the vocal portion of it and like i said you know some of the things where it's like all right yeah we we get it we hear you um and a lot of the repetition with the with the with the lyrics yeah. um you know there but again as you said the music, the production of it, makes up for it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, so I drove around and listened to this, and that's where I realized I was driving, and bodies came on, and I'm like, that that, that melody, that it was just fucking killing me, and then I, yep. I had to, and I got part of the Stevie Wonder song, as like, people! So I, I actually had to Google it, because like, I was just brain farting, when I got got to my computer, uh, yeah, it's higher ground. Like it's a cross between Roadhouse Blues and Higher Ground. Yes, yes. But it's it you know the, the musicianship on it is fucking great. It's just uh, I can't unhear that now. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, it's it's very blatant. It's very very blatant. It's there. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even think they were trying to hide it. Like because no. I mean, it is. Like the guitar riff for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds just like Roadhouse. It sounds like a door song. And I, I think kudos to him. Like he's like, yeah, people think I sound like Morrison. Like he's not gonna shy away from it. No, yeah, and he does and he, you know, he likes that bluesy metal or whatever. So it's out no matter what, it's gonna sound a hint of the doors and, and that's just his genetics with this voice he can't well you know and that's and that's the thing there's 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 throughout the entire album there's pepperings of the doors yeah and And i think that's by design too i think that was part of getting the commercial appeal with these albums and i think these were produced i believe by rick rubin yeah danzig and rick rubin yeah i'm sure rubin he's not an idiot he's probably like lean into that it sounds yeah. like the doors and people like the doors. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think, I mean, we've had our, I think we've had our run-ins on this podcast with Rick Rubin from here and there. Especially um, the Beastie Boys one. <laughs> yeah, yes. And you know, Rick Rubin, for all his, all his faults, he's got a damn good ear for things. Absolutely. Yeah. 
the Johnny Cash albums he did. Just fucking phenomenal. Absolutely. That's actually what got me into Johnny Cash. Because I'm not yeah. a big country guy, but I, I heard hit those American records he did, and I'm like, this is interesting. So, Yep. Yep, you and I both. Uh, it took. I knew of Johnny Cash because you know my my mom was in the country, and I just I can't do it. I couldn't do it. And then he made fucking Cash awesome. Yeah, and it was like, all right, yep, let's let, let's go there. So yeah, those are the few things that didn't work for me. What works for you? All right, I'm gonna go to the the songs I really like. Yes. Uh, you know, because here's the thing: some of these kind of like just blend in. You know, it's just like they're cool and they kick ass, but they just they they don't earworm me. And I'm a mm-hmm. huge sucker for, a, a, you know, melody and shit like that. But I love I like Godless. Yep. Bodies I like just because of, <laughs> I was able to figure that out. You know, my sleuth work. And then I told you. <laughs> right away. Yep. Like, yes. Uh, the song How the Gods Kill, I really like. That's just like a. It builds and it goes in like almost like classical at times, just yep. different movements within it. Uh, Dirty Black Summer, I love that's just a banger song. And it Sestina's, is. Sestina's, I love, I love because it reminds me of like an old Elvis song. It has that yes. 1950s rockabilly rock to it, but yeah. like not like Rocky, you know, it's like a slower song, but it's. It really just feels like it, it came out of Sun Records. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 it does. It, 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 thank you for saying that, because that's, yes, it really does feel like it came out of Sun Records. That's like the bluesy, slow, absolute, and it's like dirty blues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I agree with you on all those songs, but I would also include When the Dying Calls. Yeah, it's a great way to end the album. It's a great way to end the album. It, it's a great way to end the album. Um, Again, I, I, you know, um, those, I'm trying to think, uh, Heart of the Devil isn't bad either. I liked Heart of the Devil. Um, overall, I mean, I would call it a very solid album. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I think it's also, like like I said, I think it's very accessible. Yeah, and I think that with his first four albums, he went for that and was wildly successful, and then he decided to not make accessible albums. And, uh We've never heard from Dan Marison again. Except for in Portlandia and Portlandia and all those shitty albums he put out after. <laughs> well, except for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, yeah. No, <laughs> talk to me. Didn't he do a movie? Yeah, he did. He has another so he did a, a movie I watched on Shudder. Uh, Veronica. And it's it it's like the room, but not funny. And you just hate the experience. It's like the opposite of the room of bad movies. Oh, it's God. Just bad. It's just bad. And then he just what? did one about like Western vampires, which I, it looks a little more humorous and self referential. Eli Roth is in it. So maybe he ha- kind of helped at least uh, put a coherent. Uh, is that Death Rider in the House of Vampires? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Where the hell do I watch this movie? Hang on. Uh, I after Erotica, I I don't think I I want to watch another dancing movie. Honestly, uh, you know where Rob Zombie made movies, and we as we discussed last time, like two of them were all right. 
Yep. I really love Devil's Rejects and 13. Uh, Danzig has not made a movie I... I mean, like, Veronica is worse than A House of a Thousand Corpses and Oof. all those other shitty Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> Rob Zombie did. At least they have that in common. They're they're piss poor filmmakers. Uh yeah, I will give that. Oh, it's got Devin Sawa in it. Wow, we haven't heard of Devin Sawa in years. Um, he's not been relevant. Okay, so where do I find this movie? Like, like where? Because I have to see this. The the is on Netflix. Is it online? Um, no, I'm I'm looking up how to how to watch this movie. <laughs> um, it doesn't say where it's now in th- now in theaters no it's not that's have you not updated your own website Danzig? <laughs> come on man come on like this is a guy like i forget he did an album and he got this producer guy i forget the album but i read it on uh, it was a metal sucks article and this guy <laughs> wrote like this column about how he was mad at because he he produced a, a Van Halen album, and Danzig saw him at like the Rainbow or whatever in the eighties, and like he was really proud of it. And Danzig said, "This sounds like shit," you know, trying to be an edge lord. <laughs> so this guy purposely uh, volunteered to produce a Danzig album. Are you serious? Sole purpose of making it sound like shit. <laughs> Oh my god! Wow, Danzig fell for it apparently. Like I, oh, I'd have to find wow. it. It was like I don't know if it was a joke or what, but like if if true, it'd be one of the most hilarious stories ever. Oh and my I was god! Reading it, it was just like like he was talking about like <laughs> to get, trying to get Danzig to the studio. He was like too busy eating and watching Buffy the Vampires. <laughs> like these little <laughs> details just, just fucking killed me. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it. Like Danzig's a weird guy. He just, I was just like a few years ago, he sold a house in Los Angeles. I think it was L.A. As is that, so you buy the house, you get everything that the owner left in it. <laughs> he left, yep. He left a mattress on the floor where I guess he slept. Uh, action figures still in the boxes and a bunch of really shitty comic books and breakfast cereal. And it's just like, is is he still like? Did he never? Is he still Dan Marison with the white eyes in <laughs> that studio apartment? Like he is stuck in Arrested Development. Oh my God! Well, I'm looking at this. And there's an article called "Take a Look Inside Danzig's Shitty House." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a weird guy. Like, yeah, I think he's a lot happier now these days. Like, he's like married, I think, and if not, like, whatever. He's just like. His girlfriend or wife, whoever she is, she posts like these photos on Instagram where he actually looks happy, which is jarring. <laughs> it's like seeing yeah. a picture of Trent Reznor smile. Like you, 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 your brain doesn't really comprehend. Oh my God. This is whole dude. This is, I'm going to have to download these and put that. I, I never put anything up on our pictures. I'm going to have to put these up because. <laughs> yeah. It's, the action figure. Yeah, the action figures, the Land Before Time figures, and and, and the fucking Looney Tune shit. And yeah, it's weird, man. Like it's it's not what you would think of a dad. Like the Count Chocula and Frankenberry cereal. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> the title of the article, take a look inside Danzig's shitty house currently on the market for $1.2 million. Oh. Like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get, he's a, he's a very strange guy, man. Like, yeah. Yes. But, you know, he had a really good run there, uh, music wise, then. Uh, oh yeah. To this day, I, I mean, I have those Misfit on vinyl. I love listening to it. I, if I could get this on vinyl, I probably would. But you know, yeah, I he had a big falling out with Rick Rubin, so who knows what the where the hell any do of we, that. Do we know what 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 happened there? Uh, I was just going to off memory, but I think it was basically just creative differences. Maybe money was involved, like Danzig didn't own the rights to his own music. Something like that. It was it was isn't that, isn't that been a, a common thing with like falling out with Rick Rubin? Yeah. It's, it's always been, been music a money rights. Issue. <laughs> it's always been a money issue. Yeah. 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 Except for Johnny Cash. Like I think he died before the money issue became apparent. Oh sh- uh yeah, you think? Um although at that point I think I honestly think Johnny Cash had enough money. It wasn't about the money. No, he was. He wanted to make albums he liked. Yep, yep. I really think it was in that. That was more about art than it was music. I don't think John, uh, Johnny Cash gave two fucks yeah, about the made, money. He made his money. He made his money. But yeah, okay. I thought that there was always falling out with yeah with Rick I Rubin think when it, was it comes money to money. Maybe creative differences. I don't know. It was pretty. It was a pretty bad break. I re- I recall so. Yeah, he's never really recovered. Like none of his albums have sounded as good as these four albums. I think Ruben what really complimented the that style he was doing, and I don't think he's found a producer who could replicate that since. No. No, I don't think I, I, I would agree with you. And that's 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 the unfortunate thing with Rick Rubin, right? <laughs> is that he, he he is really good at what he does. Um it just sucks that everything comes down to a dispute about money or other shit. Yeah. Um, let's also talk about the painting because uh, the album cover. Oh, because the that is Tiger? A, that is a hell of an album cover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's H.R. Geiger, man. His art is some of my favorite art out there. Uh, oh. For people, if you don't know, he designed the aliens and the alien movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, you should see the his art his uh for what would have been the seventies version of Dune. Yes, yes, that would have been amazing. That was just, I don't think they did not have the ability to do that in the seventies. I don't. They don't think they have the ability to do it now. No, I, no, no. I mean, to make that version of Dune. I mean, we got. I, I, I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about it since we since you brought up in the beginning. Have you seen the new Dune? I have not. No, I plan on probably watching it tonight. It came okay. out on Friday. I work nights and weekends, so I haven't had a chance to see it. That's fair. Um, are you going to watch on HBO Max? Yeah. Okay. So let me know what you think. I think that the cinematography of it and the scope of it was great. Like, like they make things feel huge in that in that movie like and and they break it up they break the book up so it's gonna the part two of this movie is gonna be the second half of the book right 
Yes. Um, approximately where the second half of the book ends. I don't want to give too much away um, about where it ends. It doesn't end on a spot that you think it would. Um, but it... Um, um, where I would have ended it in a, a slightly before where they ended it and, and just just to make it kind of feel like it does that's one thing about this about that you hear complaints and about the reviews and this is kind of a consistent one is where they chose to end it and how they chose to end it feels too abrupt um it didn't end on a note of like okay that's cool now we're ready for part two like this feels like when it comes out like i won't buy it it, when it when the first movie comes out, I will wait till I get the two disc or the both movies because this feels like it's just really should have been one long movie and why they didn't film both of them at the same time is a, is a loss to me. Well, it was because they didn't know if they, were gonna, if they were to get a sequel or not. I'd rather have a half a Dune movie done right than a whole Dune movie done wrong. That's just where I... So I will tell you, I mean, I, I'm actually rereading the book again um there is things that are right um far far more right than the than the david lynch version um but there are things that they left out that i feel like they should have <coughs> excuse me uh left in considering that the movie was two and a half hours there's some there's some key things <coughs> that they um that they left out. I'll wait for you to see it, but I mean, I want your impression of it. You gotta tell me tomorrow what you thought of it. <coughs> Man, I got yeah, you're so fit. upset. You're sneezing all over the place. I'm so upset. I'm sneezing all over the place. Look, I'm having a sneezing fit. Damn it! How unprofessional! How unprofessional! <laughs> That's what the spice does, Paul. It makes you sneeze because the spice is cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why their eyes turn blue. <laughs> eyes turn blue, nose goes red. Uh, <laughs> so, Paul, would you recommend Danzig Three: How the Gods Kill? Uh yes, I would, uh, wholeheartedly. Um, this is a a good album. Um, I know I got this music fit, dude. I don't know. Um, it's a good album. You know, for a quote metal album, it, it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a metal album. I'm sorry, it's not. Um, it is definitely a um, uh, a blue, more of a bluesy, heavy blues album. Blues rock, um, yeah, blues rock for sure, blues rock. And um, I, I think it's very, very accessible. I think that what works works, and what doesn't work is going to make you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, but I'd recommend it. And yeah, it's there's parts where you're just like, yeah, we get it, we get it, we get it, Dan Marison, we get your, we get what you're doing. But yeah, yeah I'd recommend it. It's it's a it's a solid blues rock uh, hit with a hint of metal because you got those pitch harmonics in there. So, yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, no, I would recommend it. Um, I think it's a fun album. I do think it's a fun album. And like I said, you're going to laugh at what he did. <laughs> All right. So, All right. So let's do plugs because we're back. We're back to being caught up. What do you have well, going on with the Joe down? Uh, 
our review of the Frighteners is coming out uh, this week. And then we're doing uh, Willie's Wonderland to end out uh, <laughs> Halloween month. Uh, Willie's Wonderland is a Nicolas Cage movie where he, he fights animatronic robots in a Chuck oh, yes. E. type place. And I'm very pumped to watch that. I have a little, little more pumped to watch that than Dune, to be honest. <laughs> um, Dune's a better movie. <laughs> Dune's a better movie. <laughs> I, I, I've seen, I've seen it. I was excited for it, um, and uh, uh, I was excited to, to, to see it. But um, it, uh, let's wait for you to see it because I don't want to. I don't want to skew you one way or the other. But uh, let's just say I was expecting more for what it is. Not enough Chuck E. Cheese. Not enough uh, batshit Nick Cage. Okay. Yeah. Well, Not enough. It's a very much a shame because that scream batshit Nick Cage, and I felt like there just wasn't enough of it. Huh. All right, well, oh, I guess I'll find out when I watch it. What's going on with you, Paul? Then what's what's happening? Uh, I got this going on. Uh, I'm gonna start trying to get the uh, the Stranger Things one going again. It's gonna take a little bit of time, um, but. Uh, this one um, and uh, the Stranger Things podcast is about all I'm working on right now. All right. All right. Paul, what is your next pick? Oh, God, I'm so glad you asked. Buddy, this one's going to be rough. All right. We've been, we've been riding the highs. This next one is going to be really, really rough. Uh, we are going to do Tommy by the who, but it's going to be the motion picture version of the songs. Oh, with the good version of pinball wizard with Elton John, the, with Elton John. Yes. Yeah. I, I kind of like his version better. Well, you're not going to like the other version of, of, have you, have you listened to the who, uh, Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're familiar with the original. Um, have you seen the movie? Yeah, I have. Okay, all right. Then you know what you're in for. Yeah, I that, know. Okay, that's Tina what we're going to do. Tina Turner, the Acid Queen. Tina Turner, the Acid Queen, and Margaret on a bunch of fucking songs. <laughs> uh, Jack Nicholson singing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'd argue it's better than the Who album. Wow. Um, I will say, well, I'll bring it up on the, well, no, I'll say it now and I'll bring it up on the next one. Um, I will say that the order of the songs, um, it, it feels right on this, on this version. Um, they moved some songs around. They added some songs. Um, and, uh, I think it works a little better as a concept album. All right. All right. So, all right. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm pumped. I bet you aren't. <laughs> so that's an hour and a half of your time, buddy. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> we do it for the art. We do it for the art. All right, my man. Well. Do you want to take us out? 
No. 